Welcome to Not in a Huff with Jackson Huff, where we interview newsmakers, storytellers, and all-around interesting people. Sit back, relax, uh, unless you're driving, and enjoy the show. Here's Jackson. Hello, hello, hello. I am Jackson Huff. This is Not in a Huff. Thanks so much for joining me. As always, really appreciate it. This week, I'm interviewing two people. Cameron and Suelu. Now, both of them, it's a couple, and they're both interested in into parkour. Now, how I found Cameron and Suelu was actually through the person I interviewed, Cassie Dirks, who is a big uh, ninja person. Remember, we talked about ninja with, with two different people, um, all about American Ninja Warrior, just what the sport of ninja is, and I realized that uh you know there's a, a whole nother world to this um that kind of this extreme extreme sport i don't know if i'd call it that but definitely an interesting uh interesting sport that most of us don't know a ton about and that is parkour i think parkour and ninja are relatively similar to the the non uh non-trained eye um but parkour if, if you see these you know these viral youtube videos of these people jumping from building to building and and from one uh one rooftop to another and jumping over bike racks and you know the the staged videos of people running from the the cops with the fish eye on their lens on their uh you know their backpack or late for school all that kind of stuff that is parkour. So I'm going to talk to Cameron and Swaylu about parkour. What got them interested in you know the sport? Uh, I'm going to talk to them about these videos, how real they are. I think you'll be surprised on exactly what they they say. I was a little surprised, definitely given the uh, intensity of some of these videos. Um, we talk a little bit about kind of like I said, their passion for it, um, just the history of parkour, what it means. Um, to be somebody who is a, a parkour participant, um, just the the training that goes into it and the the attention to safety uh, on something that I feel like looks looks a little untrained and a little bit kind of reckless and wild is not really that the case at all if somebody uh, takes it seriously and it is somebody who is even sponsored doing it. Um, so I think you're going to enjoy this one. I definitely like to have the perspective of two different people and kind of them coming into it in two different ways. So I think that you're going to enjoy that, just hearing those those different perspectives. Um, one, a male in the, the sport, one a female, and uh, and kind of their, their journey uh, thus far. So without further ado, here is Cameron and Swaylu teaching us a little bit more about parkour. I'm here today with Cameron and Swaylu. Cameron, Swaylu, how are you? Doing well, Good. thank you. Thank you. Good. I know we're going to talk quite a bit about parkour. That is, uh, you know, that's something that I know very little about. I've talked to some people in in Ninja, which I want to hear a little bit about how it's different here in a moment. But first, if you would just both introduce yourselves. Uh, so my name is Cameron. I've been doing parkour for a little over twelve years and teaching parkour for around ten. Uh, I do some personal training as well and just. Have a lot of that fun stuff in my background worked at a few different gyms and currently am a manager of the parkour area of ninja force and my name is Suelu and i have been doing parkour kind of on and off for the last seven-ish years and more recently um been more consistent with it i also worked at ninja force as um, a head parkour coach for a little bit 
Um, but now I'm more focused on my own personal training. So. That's awesome. So let's, you know, we're talking about parkour. Tell us, let's just break it down to the, the very basics. What is parkour for someone who hears this word and then says, I have no idea what we're even talking about. Yeah. Uh, so parkour itself is just a form of movement that's mostly focused on efficiency, moving from point A to point B as quickly as possible and efficiently as possible. And then there are variations on it, including like free running, um, chase tag. A lot of people see as a variation of parkour, free running, as well as some other styles of movement that come into play. A lot of people really associate it with free running and they're essentially the same thing. They're definitely in the same school of motion. Um, but parkour itself is like a smaller sect of that. I gotcha. I like that. I am, I, but I, I mean, we, I want to break it down even, even further. You're saying free running, you're saying all this stuff, somebody watching it, what are they seeing people do? <laughs> Basically just moving really quickly, doing vaults, climbing over walls, jumping around. Um, a lot of time, a lot of the things that really go out and get shown on media and that people really are receptive to are like jumping across roof gaps or like having really small specific areas to land on, just bouncing between one and the next or doing flips and things like that, or even mixing those things and doing like flips across roofs or across those specific small landing areas. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I want to talk a little bit about, you know, what, what people see you know, on YouTube and stuff a, a little bit later, but I want to okay. also ask you guys, I mean, how did you guys get, get started in this? What, what created you, you both of yours passion for, uh, for parkour? Do you want to go first on it? Sure. Um, I first kind of got into parkour when um, a friend of mine um, who was with my dad at the time was seeing me climb on all these things. And she was like, man, you should really check out this gym in Albuquerque. So we ended up going to this parkour gym. Where is this um, safer space to learn like kind of the fundamentals of parkour? And I just started really enjoying the like challenge. And it really helps you to really just bring it into your body and not, you know, get out of your mind, that state of like busyness that we always get, you know, from day to day life, it just grounds you into your body. And I don't know, that's what really got me into it. And I've just kind of stuck with it, always come back to it. Even when I went to different sports in high school and stuff like that, I always got drawn back and have continued to stay with it since then. And I, I have autism. And one of the things that I kind of struggle with is finding good ways to um, do what we call a stimming, basically just doing things that help release kind of depression or anxiety and help us to move around without locking that into ourselves and feeling really bad. Um, mm. So parkour was something that I found that was a really good way to move around and do things that are out of the ordinary without people uh, seeing it as weird necessarily or being something that could be easily judged, more something that you'd see and be like, oh, that's pretty cool. How did you start doing that? But I, I learned about it from a friend in like middle school who just showed me some YouTube videos online. And then we found out about that same gym and I started training there, then volunteering there and then eventually working there. I like that. I like I like both of those answers for sure. And as you see, I'm not I'm not pointing one of these answers to to one of you. I don't interview a ton of people, you know, as, as double. But the ones that I have, I guess my my style is just I'm going to ask you the question, just fight to the death on who's going to answer it. I don't want to set it right to, to one person or or the other. But um, I want to ask you, too, about gyms. You know, you talked about you both at one point worked at a parkour gym. Cameron still works there. Um, what is what is a parkour gym looks like? Again, you know, I've interviewed ninjas. I know what these ninja gyms look like. They've kind of walked me through that. But what does a parkour gym look like for somebody who's walking in for the first time? 
Um, so parkour gyms are a little bit more boxy and just lots of wood a lot of the time and bars. It's usually a more simple look, sometimes really cool paint jobs or things to look just fun, like Mario style or whatever, like things people are interested in. A lot of video game styles come into play because there are so many level changes and things like that. Mm. Um, sometimes trampolines, sometimes foam pits, um, but mostly just lots of bars and walls, especially high walls. So you can kind of transfer across or down. Um, lots of ledges and things like that. So what, you know, I, I keep bringing up this ninja. What, how does it make it, how is it different than the ninja? I know ninja probably is more obstacle course driven, but who knows? How is it different than, than the ninja world? Yeah. So ninja is very obstacle driven. Like you were saying, um, normally in ninja, you have a set course and you have set obstacles that are used in a specific way. Um, you know, like salmon ladder, it's all on your arms and you're hopping up and things like that. With parkour, it's more of you kind of make your own path kind of thing. It's not a very set course, especially in, um, I'll bring in competitions here. Like for a ninja competition, it's a set course with, um, you know, certain obstacles you have to complete a certain way in a parkour comp. Uh, most times it's um, more of your own individual expression and you get to do your own movements, your own flips. It's much more free form than um, ninja is. And with parkour and free running and all of those things, it's only using your own body while ninjas using obstacles and bars and things like that, that you can transfer and things like that. But parkour can be kind of done any space, you know, you can go outside your front door and do parkour, like on a ledge that's this big, if you really wanted to. No, that, that makes sense. And that kind of brings up a good point with, I know ninjas really working hard on being standardized and kind of getting a, an actual sport together with it, whether it's Olympics or something else. Is that anything parkour has ever looked at to try to standardize or I guess get more, more out there? Because obviously if everyone's just doing their own thing, going out, it's really hard to film that. It's really hard for people to start following that. So is that anything parkour is ever looking at or is it more of kind of a side type thing that people aren't really uh, set for that type of thing? So in the park, a lot of, um, there are a lot of competitions in the parkour world. There's like, um, NP, I forgot exactly the name for it, but there's the biggest one is Arctic Motion, and that's actually Red Bull um, sponsored, and they rent out islands, they rent out harbors, and they do a bunch of things like that. There was a point well, back in 2017-ish, somewhere in there, where there was a thing in the parkour community where it was going to get adopted into the Olympics, but then they tried to start standardizing it in a way similar to gymnastics, which wasn't holding true to the sport. So a lot of individuals in the community were like, no, no. Yeah. And at this point there is chase tag, which is more kind of set up that way. It has, I don't know how to say it. Um, it has more of like a sporty feel like there, yeah. um, but you can anyone. Yeah. There's a standardization mostly it's because it's a little course and you know, the athletes have free range. They're just chasing each other. You can do anything you want to in there, but anyone can make a team really. So it's also kind of more free form than like say the Olympics or things like that. Um, but that's been gaining a lot of um, traction recently. A lot of people and a lot of athletes in the community have been getting onto that show and starting to kind of get um, popularity from that as well. Oh, that makes sense. I want to kind of, kind of talk about things that maybe people have seen parkour and obviously the YouTube videos. I want to touch on that, but I'm just trying to think if it's kind of jumping from one thing to another is like, what was that Netflix show is like the floor is lava. Is that parkour? You're jumping from one thing to another. Is that parkour? Or is that something just totally different and silly? 
it's almost more obstacle based like yeah a specific area to get through but they do definitely use some parkour fundamentals to use um or to get through that kind of spacing i think the biggest thing with that one is just that it's um more obstacle based and kind of everything is wet and slick so it's not technically the same it's very just awkward to get through in that way no, yeah, and sense. I haven't seen a lot of actual athletes, like parkour athletes in the community go on to that one. It's mm -hmm. more of like a fun game show that's not yeah. like co super competitive or anything. Um, so I haven't really seen a lot of overlap there per se. No, that, that makes sense. So let's talk about those YouTube videos. I feel like that's what a lot of people have seen if they're going into parkour, you know, looking at it, maybe like a cam on somebody's chest that they've got strapped to them. And then they're doing these crazy things. The first thing I want to ask you before I get into that is are, I mean, are, are a lot of these real or some of these like just edited things? Because some of it's like, I can't even imagine that it could be real, but I don't know. Do you think is most of it real or not? Yeah. 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 A lot of it is real. Um, a lot of time, the bigger movements, especially if it's something that's like that face cam style is usually like a fisheye lens. So everything looks way bigger than it really is. Um, sometimes or a lot of the time it's really just based on angles to make things look big. And sometimes people edit videos, like you'll do part of it and then do another part and then put everything together in between. Um, mostly a lot of the parkour videos are pretty legit and you can kind of tell the difference most of the time. <laughs> do you have any input there? Um, not particularly. It was just basically what you just said. I mean, I feel like a lot of things that people fail to realize a lot with those videos as well as the practice that goes into them behind mm -hmm. like, you don't see people just, you know, they don't just go out there and put a cam in their mouth and just run rooftop to rooftop. They've checked those surfaces. They've done every individual jump beforehand before they decide to film. Like, um, there's a lot more scouting and like safety precautions that a lot of people don't see behind camera that athletes do um, take the steps to do to do all these amazing, like wild things, but it's because they practiced it. So it's not even in a lot of athletes case, especially like people like store They've just done these things so many times and things like that, that a lot of us are like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. <laughs> but to them, it's like something they practice a hundred times a day, you know? So. Right. No, I, I want to talk about safety in a minute, but yeah, in those videos, I watched some just kind of getting prepared for this interview. And I've noticed just, I mean, obviously it's, it's all just a, a, a set drama that they're creating, but almost two things. One, almost everyone is late to work or late for school. That's where everyone's headed. And two is they live, I don't know, they must live 10 miles away from wherever they're headed because it's such a long journey wherever they're headed. I feel like most of those are like fun videos. Like they're not actually trying to get there. They're just like, oh, well. Yeah, and those right. are, they're usually edited. So you're going through a smaller area and then you just click together um, parts of your video where you've like run past a wall and then you're running out from another wall. Um, so you're not actually going super far, but you're, putting them together so it looks like you've gone a huge distance or if you are going long distance like changing areas you'll probably drive over and then keep going on your run there and just cut the video together you you know you you kind of touched on it a minute ago but let's talk about the safety with parkour because just watching it you know you you talked about how all these things are probably scouted out they're not just doing this you know and not knowing what's next um because to the average watcher they're thinking oh my gosh this is crazy how in the world are they doing this? And hopefully there's a lot of safety behind it. I'm sure there is because you don't hear a ton of people, you know, on these videos, not making it. So talk about, uh, talk about the safety behind parkour. Yeah. So 
I've actually had a couple of really cool movements that I've done, um, some that look pretty scary that I just prepared a lot for. So um, at one point I did some flips on top of a freeway overpass over like an arroyo. So I was maybe 50, 55 feet in the air, um, just doing flips on top of it, like on the outside of the caging. And before that, I had practiced on a lower cage, like maybe 20 to 30 feet up. And before that, obviously, I practiced just on the ground and on thinner platforms. Um, and on top of those cages, you have probably four feet of leeway. Um, so I've done backflips and front flips on top of things that have within a foot of uh, space to land sideways. So you just have to be really precise. You're really certain. And you know what it feels like. You know, when you're out there and you're up on top of something like that, it feels like a gust of wind could knock you off. But you have to know what the movement feels like know how you're going to go through it and know that that's not actually really a worry. Like if, once you jump, you know, you're in the air and you're going to come right back down where you were. And a lot of people like, I mean, in a lot of parkour gyms, like the moment you walk in your first class, they're like, well, we're going to teach you how to fall. And that's going to be mm. the first thing we teach you. Mm. And so like so many athletes have a lot of um, just preset reactions that they've drilled into their like muscle memories of how to fall, how to roll, like, the biggest thing in parkour is like protecting our head and our spine. Like all of our movements that we do are off axis to normally prevent any kind of like head concussions or anything to that effect for the most part. Yeah. So what, I mean, what are common injuries in, in this sport? I'm, I mean, with any sport injuries happen, I'm hoping that you say, you know, mild injuries and it's not that, Hey, people don't get injured much, but when they do, it's pretty bad. Is it just a normal type ankle sprain type thing that a lot of people get or what are some common injuries? Yeah. I mean, yeah, mostly like ankles, knees, like normally wear and tear injuries are like the most common ones like that take out like athletes that have been in for it. And it's not even like, oh, I went on a session and I hurt my knee. It's like, oh, it's starting to hurt every time I move now. Mostly reuse injuries like tendonitis. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I've personally had a bunch of ankle sprains, but that's mostly like, it also depends on like your training regimen. And like, if you take care of your body and like a lot of these newer athletes that are coming in are just like, hitting hard things like they are going to get like ankle sprains and you know it just happens but we, there's not really any big ones like I mean you can hurt your neck if you do things you're not prepared for but a lot of athletes do work up to that like that's the biggest thing in the sport is progressions and like working up to the points that you you know see in these amazing videos and like things like that so yeah and there are I mean there are obviously cases of people getting worse injuries um like when you're putting that much power into a movement and you have to be so precise with it. There's always the chance that something can go wrong. Um, most of the time, though, people will practice and build into their movements with progressions, just as she said, that really keep it safe for the most part. Well, that's a good thing. You can doing dangerous things. Yeah, no, that's that's good for sure. You're, I mean, normally I ask the, the individual athlete, like, what is their family feel about these things? But since I got both of you, I feel like maybe I'm wrong. Cameron, you seem to be doing some of the more crazy things. So I, I would ask, um, you know, Swaylu about how she feels, you know, you're up on this overpass doing these flips. I mean, I'm sure you're confident in his abilities, but is it ever nerve wracking to think about some of these things and what could go wrong if things don't go right? I mean, I've never really had that with you yeah, ever I like didn't really go out on those big sessions. No, that was like before I came into the picture, yeah. but, um, no, like even when we have gone and trained together, like you've still done big things. And I'm just like, oh, or like if, you know, something does like go wrong, you know, 
kind of like also in those situations it's not great to freak out it's better to be calm and just wait to like let them figure out what's going on and then be like what's you know is everything good but yeah like I've never really had an issue with it I mean um I've had moments with myself where I'm like man maybe I shouldn't have done that but I've never really had that with him whatsoever that's that's good so how did you guys meet did someone drag the other one kicking his screaming to parkour did you meet in the parkour gym or how how, i mean were you both in this or or how did this happen so um back to what i was saying earlier where my um dad's girlfriend at the time got took me to this parkour gym cameron was teaching there at the time so when i first went there um he was one of the coaches that i um got to work with and stuff for years and then that gym sadly closed down and then another one kind of popped up for a little bit and i just kind of followed him around to different gyms because i wanted to keep getting coaching on parkour um and then just like um the gym we're at now at ninja force was like kind of the last one and i've just kind of been there in and out and just kind of naturally turned into what we are now so (laughs) i gotcha very good is that that seemed like the same same story for you cameron yes sir (laughs) good well i hope so that's a good answer so um I guess, you know, again, with, with what you see on these YouTube videos and they're jumping, you know, on all the, what looks like public buildings, I'm sure they are. Do these, do these people have to get permission to jump on these buildings or people do, because I I could only imagine that that could cause a lot of grief if you're jumping on people's buildings, if they don't want you to. Yeah. I mean, some teams legitimately do, um, especially ones that are like sponsored or things like that. Um, I know a couple of teams like Red Bull sponsors them. So they will rent out, you know, a really cool area. Um, some people do ask permission. Um, most of the time, we, we, we do you just get leave off. if you get kicked off. Yeah. And like the biggest thing is like all these like running from the cops videos. Mm-hmm. That doesn't really happen. Like if a cop comes up to you, we, we've had people come and kick us off. And like most of the time, the cops just like, hey, don't get on top of the roof. And yeah, they're like, cool. So liability issues. So you just have to be nice about it. Be cool with them. They're usually cool with you. And if they ask you to get down, you just got to get down. Yeah. And most of the time, they'll just be like, wait, are you doing that parkour stuff? Can you do a backflip? Yeah. And- <laughs> And then, like, we've had, like, security guards and cops hang out and watch us train after telling us to get off of the roof. So, like. How much of parkour is more kind of out in, out in the wild in, you know, the cityscapes and nature and that? And how much of it is in the gyms that you guys work in? Is it mostly kind of out there or is it mostly gym-based? I mean, it's technically up to preference, but it's really uh, urban sport. So it's meant to be done outside, but definitely it's a good way to start by going into the gym, knowing your safeties first, and then being able to translate those onto harder ground or surfaces that you're not super familiar with yet. So you can get to know that area and be comfortable knowing that you have some background going in. Gotcha. But it's not like gymnastics or tricking, which are mainly done inside. Or ninja. Or ninja. And you're throwing me with this ninja force gym. Do they do ninja there too? Or is it just a name to confuse people mostly ninja gym and we have a little parkour area now i gotcha i gotcha yeah so somebody who's listening interested in the sport what i mean who makes a good parkour participant is it you you mentioned gymnastics is it some people that are used to be gymnasts would they be good at this people who are into weightlifting like what who what makes a good parkour person so i mean Actually, I mean, most of the time, you know, different sports, depending on the person's like 
awareness of their own body, you know, can translate what they want. Um, normally, a lot of people in gymnastics struggle the most in parkour. With specific techniques, yeah. yeah like, rolls are really difficult to translate from doing straight somersaults to a parkour roll because you have to go shoulder to the opposite hip to avoid going over the head or spine and stay on muscle. And that's really hard to translate. I actually came from a gymnast background when I was young, and it took me forever to get my rolls down clean. Like flipping and stuff like that is easier mentally and stuff for them. But like, yeah, that like straightforward, everything like straight leg landings, like everything's bent and off axis and parkour. <laughs> so it's like a whole like flip. Rock climbers are normally rock climbers. You a ninja, definitely yeah. can translate well. But um, I feel like parkour is more of like, it's a sport that translates well to others mm-hmm. more than kind of the mm-hmm. other way around. Um, I mean, like I said, anyone can really get into it like in this, you know, learn that like body awareness that can translate what they've learned into whatever they choose to go into. But I think it's always really good supplementary to a lot of other sports too. You know, I've talked to a lot of professional dancers and things like that. And you're, you're saying exactly what I, I kind of figured even when I brought up gymnast that uh, sometimes those trained skills that those muscle memories actually sometimes hurt people when they move into to other areas. So that makes sense to me that it may be difficult to go from, gymnastics to, to something like this. So what, uh, I mean, what do you guys hope the future holds for both of your, uh, parkour careers? And then also what the future holds just for you guys personally outside of jumping on stuff. Um, I mean, we have talked about the possibility of getting our own gym or managing a gym on our own, which would be really nice. So we can kind of set things up the way that we want to and organize the way that we want to keep our curriculum, um, the way that we'd prefer you have to say on that i mean yeah like having an, our own gym would be cool but like eventually like personally i'd like to travel and train in like iconic places <laughs> like that's a huge thing i want to go to different gyms like here in new mexico like we have our little like you know little area but uh, there's other parkour gyms like throughout the states but also in europe there's parkour parks like everywhere um it's a very it's really getting a lot of traction in europe so at some point I would like to go and train, you know, just through there and um, connect with other athletes from different countries and like just experience that community in different places and then maybe stay there personally. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, that, that makes some sense for sure. So what, I mean, what do you guys have going outside of parkour? We've talked a lot about parkour and your introduction and this, but what's, what's life like look like outside of this? You've got to have something that can't be parkour 24 seven. Oh, man, I have so many hobbies and things that I do and so many things that we do together. Um, we do so much D&D. We have a really long running campaign that we enjoy. Um, I have just a bunch of hobbies. I 3D model, 3D print. I make rugs. Um, what else? I don't know. We're writing a little bit. Yeah. Um, drawing. Drawing, for sure. I like to do figure drawing and like pose for my own figure drawings. Uh, just so many things I'd have to find them all to remember them all <laughs> that's really cool for sure so have you ever been to any kind of gaming conventions you say you're big into D. yeah we mostly just do a homebrew world that i've made and so oh, okay. helped me to build out and um yeah like we have a really good campaign based around her character yeah and then we also do a um team night at the gym with a, a couple of our um, students that got kind of interested so it's kind of like a team night where we teach them how to play D&D and, um, you know, almost every other week or once a month, kind of depending at this point. Um, and yeah, so we do that with them now. Mm-hmm. So that's, yeah. that, that's cool for sure. So how can people, um, 
they want to follow along. They want to see exactly what you guys have going on. How can people connect with you guys? And then maybe your gym as well, just throw out connection points that you want to throw out. We don't do too much as far as social media at this point. I was sponsored for a while. So I had a lot of posts going out at that point. Um, but now I don't really keep up with it. So, but, um, Ninja force gym, um, that's their tag. They do post a lot of um, some of the courses and some of the events that's going on. We should make a D&D page for the gym for the kids. Yeah. That would be fun. <laughs> if we do, we will let you know. But um, yeah, we're honestly really bad when it comes to social media. We are not. Um, no, we used to. Important. Yeah, we used to um, post a lot. And um, I mean, personally, I want to get back into it eventually, but we yeah. will see. Yeah, well, it's there's... like 102 degrees out here. So it's been kind of hard to go out and get videos. So that makes sense. Well, there's definitely pluses and minuses to, to being super connected to social media. So I get that for sure. Well, I really appreciate you both of you being here. Uh, learned a lot about parkour. I think there's still a lot more to learn too. So I, I'm, I'm glad that you decided to join me. Yeah, thank you for having us. Yeah, super cool to be on. So that was Cameron and Swaylu. Really, really appreciated their time. I never like to point it out in the beginning because then I feel like all you're going to do is listen for it. But we had some audio issues. Um, I think that there was some some feedback with uh, I could hear myself sometimes. I cut that out as much as possible. But if you were listening and and upset about that, I apologize. I definitely recognize that that is there. Uh, but I hope it didn't take away from the information that they shared fascinating world parkour is is just as fascinating to me as as ninja you know i've seen these youtube videos i've seen these people do doing such interesting things flipping on uh bridges and jumping from rooftops just the preparation and the safety behind that i think is something i i wasn't aware of beforehand and I, i'm glad that that's the case um, but uh, I think that kind of the, the insider knowledge and just hearing a little bit more about exactly what it takes and the preparation is, is a, a really fascinating thing. So I, uh, I hope you enjoyed this. I hope, uh, hope you learned something. That's always the goal. Uh, do, uh, I guess, go check out more parkour videos on, on YouTube. Um, Cameron and Swaylu are not, uh, not big on social media. So as of now, they don't really have a, a social media presence to share if that changes it'll be in the show notes otherwise this is a good week to if they're not necessarily wanting you to, to go follow them make sure you're already following us so uh, on um, on instagram not enough podcast jacksonhuff.com uh, the facebook page not enough with jackson huff really appreciate your support um, in those places go give us five stars on uh, apple and on spotify on apple if you uh, feel so inclined, go and write a, a rave review. Really, really appreciate that. Uh, but really, really enjoyed speaking with Cameron and Swaylu. So thankful for their time. Uh, so thankful that you are here. We'll see you next week with a, an another amazing, amazing guest. Uh, this one was a little bit of a shorter episode, but next week is is not. It's a little longer. So uh, so look forward to having you back next week for for a really cool topic. So so we'll see you then. Take it away, Chris. This has been Not in a Huff with Jackson Huff. Thank you for listening. Be sure to join us next time where we will interview another amazing guest who is sure to make you laugh or make you think, or hey, maybe even both. But until then, keep being awesome.